On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, we're inching closer to game one on Saturday to begin the NBA playoffs. And for Philadelphia, they better be careful or Brooklyn might sting them in game number one. Keith will tell you why when we get back, starting things off right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60 and use code NBA60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia alongside my co-host Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for the Inquirer.com. Keith, what's going on, man? What's popping, D? What's popping? Oh, man, you know, just uh, some NBA games, uh, getting things started with the play-ins. We'll, we'll tell people what happened in the play-in tournament from Tuesday night. Welcome you all again on this Wednesday as we hang out with you. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube right here, Locked On 76ers. We'll get to the games a little bit later on, tell you what the final scores of those were and who will be playing who as far as the seventh seed in both the east and the west uh coming down on tuesday night we'll tell you about that a little bit later we'll also talk about some awards being handed out to the sixers and the coaching and in the uh player side of things we'll talk about those guys we'll give you some sights and sounds from sixers practice as we were both there on tuesday and keith we need to start off with uh the sixers approach going into game number one here for this game against the Brooklyn Nets because you had some things to say on on our, our Tuesday episode and kind of wanted you to elaborate a little bit more for some of our listeners and viewers who uh, maybe, you know, just curious of what you were saying about the Sixers and the Nets. And that being, Sixers better be careful in game one. Yeah, they better be careful. Um, Here's the thing. I, I think the Sixers, I think the Sixers are going to win the series. Um, I, You know, you look at it, the Sixers are – know one of the best teams in the nba arguably the third best team in the nba behind, yep yeah um behind milwaukee and um and and boston i also think like talent wise they got the third best team but i'm a little concerned for them in this first game and and, and the reason being is is because i think that and we talked about it yesterday i think jock Vaughn is a good coach i also believe that they know exactly what the 76ers are going to do, right? And like most teams do. I don't know if the Sixers know exactly what the Brooklyn Nets are going to do. This is a new iteration of the Nets. When they played the first game uh, with after they made the, after the trade deadline when these teams matched up, it was the second game as a Brooklyn Net for Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Dorian Finney, right, Smith? It was the first game for Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. And then, so we're talking about these are four to five starters. 
only they only had one starter who was on the team longer than five days, and that was Nick Claxton, right? Since that time, you know, this is a team that everybody thought was going to struggle and was going to do this, and they quickly found a little bit of – they found an identity. Now, here's the thing. They share the ball. They do whatever they want. But Mikel Bridges had – and just breaking it down, y'all. Mikel Bridges had 14 games of 30 points or more. Three of those games he had up 45, 44, and I believe 42. It might have been 40 or 42. So he's been balling. But at the same time, they got a bunch of shooters. They do a lot of things. They're long. They're athletic. They switch a lot on defense, a lot on defense. And I just feel like right now, yes, Doc Rivers, we were at practice yesterday, DNI, and Doc Rivers talking about, yeah, we were going over our game plan, but we've been doing skeleton stuff. Well, you could do skeleton all you want, but when you get out there in real time and see what this team is doing, it's going to be completely different. Not saying that they can't make adjustments, but the thing is, how quick is it going to take them to make adjustments? And will they lose a game? And I think that if there's a game for the Brooklyn Nets to steal, it's going to be the first one. Just because I think it's going to take the Sixers a while to adjust to what this team is doing in real time. And not to mention, they got a bunch of shooters too. Hmm. Yeah, uh, they they do. And they can sting you in that way where they have a, a number of them. I think I counted five, six shooters uh, that they have from their starters and their reserves. And they will hit some shots. They will do just that. Um, I think the one thing in the Sixers' favor, though, Keith, is being in this spot again a season ago where they hosted the Toronto Raptors, a Raptors team that was very dangerous. And although they got them in games four to avoid a sweep, and five to push it where we started to sweat a little bit for game number six. Uh, the Sixers came out and they jumped on that Raptors team right away in game number one. And knowing that that's something that they did a season ago, two different years, I understand. Uh, but, you know, the, the game plan is the same again. You only have a few of these because you're going to start on the road if you get past this one in the second round. So I think they're going to come in here with the business approach. Uh, be ready to, to your point, not know what Brooklyn is really going to do, but also how much do we know of what the Sixers have been holding back for the postseason, if at all, if they show anything new against the Brooklyn Nets in general. Now, they saw they both saw each other. Well, Jacques Vaughn was on the staff. Nick Claxton was there. They saw the Sixers four times. The Sixers have only seen this team one time, as is, and to your point, not a lot there. Um, it's tough to win four in a row and then jump into the playoffs and then let's say sweep them in four there. So went eight, go eight, no against the team in the season. So I do expect Brooklyn to win game, win a game or two in this series. Uh, but I also look at the Sixers and I think they'll come out there and uh, be ready to start things right away. Both teams have been, been in playoff mode for weeks. Now the Sixers battling with Boston and Milwaukee holding off Cleveland. Brooklyn, with the trade that went down, still trying to hang on to their playoff lives in there, and they found their way in. So both teams have been in playoff mode for a while, and I don't think either team is going to let up either as they get ready to take the floor on Saturday afternoon. So uh, this is something that's going to be one that 
they they're gonna have to be on on their heels because game one you starting off the entire playoffs everyone is watching you if you slip up you're absolutely right keith that team will sting you and everyone will be looking at it and saying this team doesn't have it this team simply does not have it it might change in game two through five or two through six two through seven but but they better be prepared or this brooklyn team can certainly jump on them yeah, and I'm, I want to say this one thing. This one thing we got to pinpoint because the rhetoric is that in Tobias Harris, and we'll talk more about it in the second segment, but Tobias Harris was the one person who kept it real because everybody's talking about how tough this team is and Doc is saying that this is his best team that he's ever had since he's been with the Sixers, right? So the deal is DeAnthony Melton got a ticket out of Memphis because he's – struggles in the playoffs. James Harden struggles in the playoffs. George Niang struggles in the playoffs. Last I checked, these are three vital rotation guys. James is second guy. So to me, as much as we everybody got the pom-pom saying that, I mean, I think they're going to win. But as much as everybody is excited and this and that about it, they have guys who have to prove that they can they – can, uh, play when it when the bright lights come on too now so that's the one thing so people got to be realistic about it. and if you don't believe me you can believe like if you don't believe me go to their basketball reference page go check out their stats and you'll see it for yourself that these guys have to prove that they can compete in the postseason this summer this season yeah, they absolutely do uh this is again uh, we go through the 82-game season to enjoy what the 82 games are. Some want to fast forward and say, wake me up when we get here. But we're here, and the same for the Sixers. It's a whole new season, and that begins on Sunday. With that, we had a chance to go to practice and hear some of the guys talk on Tuesday. Ty- Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, and James Har- – pardon me, not James Harden – and Doc Rivers will let you all know what they had to say and what the feeling was that we got from being in the, in the gym for the time that we were in there for about a good, what, 25, 30 minutes on Tuesday. We'll give it to you next here, discussing all of that from practice right here, Locked On 76ers. And uh, with that, I got to tell you about, you know, as we are able to go to practice and check in on, on certain things, I got to tell you about how I've always wanted to be a player. But then sometimes I think I can be a GM. And right now, because of, again, being part of Locked On 76ers, you can do like I have and join Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's the coolest game I've played in quite some time. I've always thought that, again, I could be a player, but then turn into a GM. And as it turns out, it's not all that easy, folks. (laughs) And you've had the same thought, haven't you? You fantasize about managing your own basketball franchise. Well, if you have, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your squad and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation you're responsible for, get this, dealing with the challenging personalities of players and coaches. They all want their minutes, right? They all want to play certain players. You as a GM, you got to deal with that. Hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making those draft picks that will help you out for the present and the future. Navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs, multiple seasons, all of this in a challenging and realistic game world. You'll love it, though. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable 
offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. Now you have your playoff schedule with some playoff players. How do you navigate through all of that and trying to win a championship? Well, listen, as part of being on our show here, Locked On 76ers listeners, you get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So for your franchise, you get 100% free boost as part of Locked On 76ers in the game store. Again, promo Locked On. So make sure you check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Like me. All right? Go check it out. I'm telling you, you'll enjoy it. It's really good. It's really fun. And it's something that I think that you will all uh, have a blast with. And thank you again for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Keith, we were at practice on Tuesday at the uh, Sixers practice, first practice that they've had. And as you said, uh, just going through some, some small things on Tuesday. Uh, head coach Doc River did say we're going to ramp up a little bit more, of course, later in the week, basically Wednesday, starting to put some more install for some things uh, to get ready for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, the scouts have already been on top of things. They've been watching a lot of film. Um, Doc Rivers first, Keith. He was the first one to speak. So what stood out to you was something Doc Rivers said, if anything, because it was kind of chalk. Yeah, it was chalk. I mean, the one thing is, is like the, the, the switch in that, um, that that the Brooklyn the Brooklyn Nets do like you know what I mean I, I think that that's something that they have to be conscious of um, they gotta focus on and the thing is typically he was talking about teams do that and they just get stagnant like people switch and then all of a sudden guys don't attack like they used to they just holding the ball doing stuff like that so he thinks that that's what they need to do they need to uh, continue to move continue to pass the ball. Um, also it was, uh, you know, I was waiting for somebody to say Mikel Bridges should have been our teammate because that's what doc was talking about in all of them. But I mean, I'm just talking about, they were like complimenting them and commending them for being a quality player, a solid player. But, um, to me, those are the two things that stood out, like how, um, Brooklyn likes to switch, getting to certain things. They talked about Nick Claxon being a, 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 a elite rim protector and how he can switch on different positions. To me, that sounds like a lot of coach speak, though, because you got Joel Embiid. Like, come on, man. That's the one matchup that everybody knows you're going to win. The one matchup that everybody knows you're definitely going to win if there's a guarantee. But for the most part, the switching on defense is the stuff that stood out to me. Yeah, and with the switching on defense, it's similar principles from watching Phoenix for so many years. And now with the Brooklyn Nets, they will absolutely just, as, as a guy sets a screen and it comes through, you pass them off. And, and that's that's what they do. They just pass them off and you pick it up where, where that man is. If there's need for help and some shade, they will do that. But they're going to switch on ball screens, some dribble handoffs things of that nature, and and that's just what they rely on uh, due to Brooklyn Nets because they have everybody is outside of Spencer Dinwiddie about 6'5 and up. So they feel like, it, yes, there are better defenders in Bridges and Finney Smith that they'll probably start off on Maxie and Harden in the backcourt, and you'll probably have Cam Johnson 
let's say on Tobias Harris, and then Dinwiddie running around with P.J. Tucker while Claxton will um, uh, be defending Joel Embiid, they switch. That's just that's just what they do. Um, again, as you mentioned, uh, he talked about their complimenting uh, Bridges' play from his time in Phoenix, and if this is something new uh, from what he has seen on film and going you know up against him uh, while he was with the Phoenix Suns, and he simply talked about he's getting more opportunity now and he's taking advantage of it. So that was one thing. And then you know what, Keith, the same can be said for both Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey when they were asked the very same question about him and his role now with Brooklyn versus when he was with Phoenix. Maxey even went as far as to go back to Villanova. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering how Maxie knew all that stuff. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, he's a basketball junkie. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, guess. he's a basketball junkie. I guess. But, uh, Maxie also talked about uh, his experience in the postseason and how what he's learned uh, from being in the postseason, having success, but also understanding that man possession by possession in the postseason is very critical. True. But the one thing that stood out to me and Tobias was the only real one. Now we all know that the 76ers got tougher, right? I mean, that's why they went out there and got PJ Tucker, you know, Daniel House, they had Montrez Harrell, um, even Dwayne Detman, all these guys, um, the Anthony Melton, none, they don't back down from anyone. But the one George Niang either. <laughs> George, yeah, George Niang. But the, the thing is, but he was there before. But the thing is, the thing is, it's one of those things where the playoffs can become different. Like, yeah, we all hyping it up right now, but we got to see how these guys respond in the postseason. You know what I mean? We just do. And and Doc says something, too. Let's see how guys react when their minutes are down, when they don't get to play, you know, this and that. And the one guy, I'm not saying he's going to react poorly, but the one guy that I'm going to pay attention to it's it actually is two of them, Daniel House and Shake Milton. How are they going to respond? How is Montrez Harold going to now? Montrez hasn't been getting the burn the last month, but how are they going to react? Like he if seems, they're not playing, he already seems salty. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? so, <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, so like, how are they going to react? To me, that's the question. Those other guys. How are they going to respond when they're not getting actually, them? Actually, I have a different one for you. It might surprise yeah. you and our listeners and Ooh. our viewers. He's an NBA champion, but P.J. Tucker, if it's too fast, if they're going too fast, if it's moving up and down too quickly and things are happening and they see a point where we've seen where George Niang is knocking down shots, Keith, and they stay with them. If Jalen McDaniels is having a good run, and they stay with him with that starting unit. Or Daniel House, if he does get his number called and he's playing well, and we see and we look up at the box score in the third quarter, six minutes in, and P.J. Tucker has a total of 16 minutes total, and it seems like he really hasn't had an impact. I'm very curious to see how, as a champion, as a guy who was brought in for his toughness, his experience, et cetera, that – if it's not going his way, I'm not going to say he's going to sulk or he's going to start kicking chairs or anything like anything like that. But that's a guy that I would also pay attention to just to see because he is a team player, but he also does want his minutes to help the team win. Yeah, but I, I honestly feel like if if they do that to him, y'all might as well cancel Christmas. I mean, because like 
I, I, I think that could be could mess up the team continuity. Well, if they're doing it, that means somebody else is playing well. I got you. I understand what you're saying, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I, it's just, I don't know. I think that could, you know, I mean, again, I could see it happening. If he struggles, I can, because there's so much pressure on everyone. Like, you know, we're looking at it like Doc may be coaching for his job, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like th- this whole thing could break up. It, but yeah, I could see it becoming. Uh, it could be. It could be a problem. It could be okay. a problem. Yeah. All right, yeah, a, lot, a lot of things, of course, that we have to keep our eye on. In our final segment, one thing that we have to keep our eye on is the off-season awards. But first, the in-season awards, as things happen and players and coaches are rewarded for their jobs for the month. And Doc Rivers, Joel and B both acknowledged for the Eastern Conference for the month of March and April. We'll tell you about them winning the awards and what it means again. How many is it for this season now? Right here, final segment, Locked On 76ers. Let's talk about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitter, double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com, locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back on bonus bets if you win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com, locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back, Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens with you here. And before we get to um, Keith, the awards for the Sixers, uh, we got to tell the people about the final scores, the number seven seeds now uh, moving on. And the Keith, first game. Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks going to Miami and upset the Miami Heat final score, 116-105. And they were in control of that game, Keith, the entire night. Yeah, they were. That was it was it was it was crazy, right? They I mean it's funny because Kyle Lowry was balling trying to bring 33 back. points off the bench. Yeah, 33 points off the bench. And you look at it and you're saying to yourself, dang, he wasted his time. <laughs> you know, but um it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, Trey Young led the Hawks with 25. They had seven players in double figures. Clint Capella, although he didn't score, he had 21 rebounds, eight offensive rebounds. They won on the offensive glass. I think it was like 22 to six uh, on the night. So now the Eastern Conference uh, two-seven matchup is set where the uh, Boston Celtics will host the Atlanta Hawks. Now the Heat have to go and wait for the winner of the Raptors and the Bulls match up on uh, tonight and see who will now fight for that eighth seed there. And in the West, Keith, overtime. No Rudy Gobert. How's Minnesota going to play? Well, they played pretty darn good. Uh, as the Lakers, though, clipped them coming back, right? They had to come back in the game the Lakers did. They come back and they defeat the um, Minnesota Timberwolves 108-102 in the game. Uh, for the West. So now the seventh seed is the uh, Lakers, and they will take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. 
That's a good. It's going to be yeah. going to. Yeah, that's going to be a good one, I guess. That's going to be a pretty good one. And, you know, yeah. Minnesota, Memphis likes to talk and, you know, all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Definitely going to be a good one. All right, man. Eastern Conference Player of the Month. That goes to Joel and B for the third time this season for the month of March and April. They just combined the last two months because there are only a few games in April. So, Joel and B acknowledged for the third time this year. And head coach Doc Rivers, too, Keith. That's his second uh second time winning the award this season was it january that he won it the first time uh, january, january or february it, january it was january and uh now march pretty good pretty good acknowledgement again for for those guys yeah it's a great one for him i mean the thing about Embiid is i think like right now it's funny because he you know the voting came out well, the vote not came out yesterday, but the, the deadline to vote for him for MVP was, well, Monday. And then on Tuesday, that the league announces that he's the player of the month in the Eastern Conference for the third time of this season. And to me, it's kind of funny because it's like normally they announce that stuff on a Monday. But it's like you don't want to announce it on a Monday <laughs> because then – Voters are going to like, hey, we're going to vote for Joel, right? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But but to me, that adds more to the reason why he should be the MVP. I mean, honestly, like he won it three times this season. And you can look at his numbers and you can argue that this might have been his worst month since he did it. You know what I mean? Because um, and, and, and that's not and we're saying he was still averaging over 30 points. But, like, you look at his three-point percentage, he was shooting 30%. So he wasn't shooting the, the, the three as effective as he was um, the, the, the previous two times he won it. But, you know, it says a lot. Doc Rivers, I mean, we, we forget. Like, this is this month. At one point, you know, they had – they were the hottest team in the NBA. They had a long winning streak. They went on the road, knocked off some pretty good teams. So – you know, both of them are very deserving to get this to get this award. Yeah, good acknowledgement for them. Uh, Fifty-four wins uh, for the month. We were talking about you know just a, a tough, tough schedule. I think between March and April, Keith, they were fifteen and seven in the final twenty-two games, and we were looking at that saying with those fifteen games, twelve on the road. Uh, pardon me, seventeen games, twelve on the road, five at home. They did a great job, man, and and he was the anchor, and, and B really was the anchor for that, and they went wind up with fifty four with the reserves and the young guys winning the final two on the road against Atlanta and Brooklyn, going into the playoffs. So the 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 acknowledgement is there, and I'll ask you this: even though we both know we think that Mike Brown is going to win Coach of the Year, I wouldn't be surprised, Keith, if, if Doc got some some votes just for coach of the year because of the job that he did with his backcourt out, you know, all of that type of stuff. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got some votes. Yeah, he'll probably get some. But I also think, you know what, I think Mike Brown 
should win it. But I also think OKC's coach should get something. Yeah, Mike Dino. I believe yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he 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 should get something. Because, <laughs> yeah, Mike, whatever. <laughs> no, but Mike, Mike Dino, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, but but he should get it. I mean, not get it, but he should get some. He votes. should get some votes for sure. Yeah, he should get some votes. And then you know what the, the but the guy, um, and 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 you know I get it. Some people are going to say, "Look, dude, you inherited a pretty good team," but the the, the, the young boy that was coaching in Boston did a pretty good job too. Joe you Musso, know, yeah, Joe Musso. You know what I mean? So like for I, when I voted, I don't know what your vote was for um, the locked on because I didn't see it. And I ain't asked you yet, but for me, it was Mike Brown. It was the uh, coach, whatever. <laughs> it's like only joking. It was, my man, it was my coach, the man from uh, OKC. From OKC. I'm just, I, I'm just laughing. So that's why I said whatever. <laughs> but um, and then Mazzulu got number three for me. Yeah. My, in that now I really considered Doc long and hard, but then I felt like these three dudes had better years. You know. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown was definitely my choice. So uh, well deserving. And that's going to be a fun series against the uh, Golden State Warriors when things get underway this weekend. Well, Keith, that was fun. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be at practice later on today. So we'll maybe have some more sounds and, you know, some more things that will stand out from there. So we'll tell you what took place in practice. Not much. Of course, they're not going to give you anything, but we'll talk about that a little bit on our next episode. We thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is Locked On NBA, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Free and available, though, wherever you get your podcast. Keith, and let the good folks know where they can find us. Like, wherever you get your podcast, you can get this podcast. And like my man D just said, it's free and available. You can also listen to my man D tonight on the Divine Giving Show from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. I was about to say six to midnight. That's going to make you work two extra hours. It's a long he's, show. Yeah, he's going to be on there from six to ten. Also, do yourself a favor if you already haven't done it. Make sure, first of all, listen to that show. But make sure you follow my man on Twitter at DivineG975. DivineG975. And you can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. You can read my articles in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer.com. Well, listen, man, thanks as always. Always good to be with you. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Deuces.